You're listening to the Upper Room Frisco podcast. To learn more about your Frisco, please visit upperroomfrisco.com. I hope you guys had a really great Thanksgiving, just reconnecting with friends and family, and I hope that uh, the message last week helped us to uh, just remember to, to meet people where they're at, to lay our lives down, to not uh, throw sins in people's faces, and just to spend the time uh, enjoying one another, searching for the treasure in our family members. Ashley and I had a blast, um, and then uh, I'm also excited because this week, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of su- such a thing as the liturgical calendar, but this week actually ends uh, the lit- liturgical calendar for this year because next week begins Advent. Is anyone else excited for Advent? <clears throat> so um, there are actually a couple readings from the lectionary that I wanted to meditate on today with you guys. Um, I don't always... Uh, stay in line with the lectionary. Sometimes I accidentally stay in line with the lectionary, which is really fun because then I get to feel prophetic all over again. And, uh, but the readings today were really, really beautiful. And so open up to Ezekiel 34. Uh, today is gonna be kind of scripture heavy, although I will try to get us out on time for some lunch. While you're opening to Ezekiel 34, let me just ask for a blessing on the sharing of the word. Holy Spirit, you're our rabbi. We pray that you would come and manifest as the rabbi through these scriptures. And Lord, we know that you breathe on scriptures and we pray that you would actually breathe on them again, breathe them straight into our hearts on fire, Lord. We pray for everyone to have an encounter with your affection today, in Jesus' name. Okay, so Ezekiel 34 starts out kind of rough. The Lord is actually rebuking and he's addressing the problem with Israel's leaders, aka the shepherds of Israel. And God is saying things to them like, the sheep go hungry while you are eating the fat. You clothe yourself while the sheep go naked, Uh, The weak you haven't strengthened, the sick you've not healed, the injured you've not bound up, the strayed you've not brought back, the lost you've not sought out, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. And so now they're, they're scattered everywhere. But then in verse 11, God says what he's going to do about it. God is looking at his people, like sheep with no shepherd or sheep that have been abused by bad shepherds. And this is what the Lord says he's gonna do. This is Ezekiel 34, 11. For thus says the Lord God, behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and I will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so I will seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all the places where they've been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. (laughs) I just remember when darkness covered the earth when Jesus was hanging on the cross. It just struck me there. Anyway, uh, verse 13, I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries. 
and will bring them into their own land, and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines, and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture, and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the loss. I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and strong will be, I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God, behold, I judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and male goats. Isn't it interesting that at the end of that passage, the Lord is actually foreshadowing something that Jesus himself would say about separating the sheep and goats. Guys, this, is, uh, this passage is immensely important to faith around the world. In fact, so many people have uh, read this passage of scripture about God coming as a shepherd and then read Jesus's words as the shepherd and come to faith in Christ. And in fact, I don't, I don't know if we can fully understand all the purposes of God coming in Christ unless we see him through this metaphor of shepherd. This is, this is a mega metaphor. It's a master metaphor. This idea of shepherd is all throughout scripture. And Jesus came and fulfilled all of these prophecies about the coming shepherd. So why would we need a shepherd? And, and what, what's the, the whole point of this metaphor of us being like sheep and him being a shepherd? I, I actually have a, a video that describes why we need a shepherd. And this, this video actually um, nearly perfectly describes my life with God. Can you, can you run that video? Yes, freedom. <laughs> Let's do it. Run it back again. That's a good one. One more time. <laughs> That's me. The guy pulling me out. That's Jesus. Good shepherd. And there I go. <laughs> I am a masterful mistake maker. I am so good at making mistakes, I'll make the same ones over and over. I don't know if you guys are anything like me, but we are like sheep. But the glorious thing about this realization and living in this reality is that we don't have to have it figured out if we've entrusted our life to the shepherd who has it all figured out. Sheep don't know anything, but we do know the shepherd's voice. Sheep, are, we're not good at being self-governed. We actually need a Lord. We need a Lord over our lives. And guys, I'm not saying that we should strive to be unwise, 
or just you know, laugh about all the times we keep on screwing up. But the wisest thing that we can actually do is entrust ourselves to the greatest leader because y'all know this, that the wisest wisdom of man will not work when what we actually need is the voice of the Lord. There are all these other prophecies from scripture about Jesus being the shepherd. Let me just rattle a few of these off. Uh, maybe you guys have heard of this one, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me your rod, your shepherd's rod and staff. They comfort me. And then another one at Numbers 27, this is verses 16 and 17. Let Jehovah, the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation who may go out before them and go in before them, who may lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. And then after this, Moses actually appoints Joshua, Yeshua, to be the shepherd over Israel. Psalm 95 is another one. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. And then another famous one is Isaiah 40, 11. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. And so, all throughout the Old Testament, we have God describing his heart. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that describes the essence of who he is is he wants to be our shepherd and he knows how desperately we all need that in our lives. And so when Jesus comes along in a land dwelling in deep darkness, he comes along and he's healing the sick like what would be prophesied the good shepherd would do. He's binding up the broken. He's searching out the marginalized and giving us place and purpose. He's setting the lonely in families. He's feeding the hungry like a good shepherd does. He's setting people free from crippling oppression and he's, he's giving lost people community. And, and all the while, while he's doing this, he's saying things like, I and the Father are one. If you're wondering what dad, what Abba is like, look at me. I only do what I see the father doing. And then Jesus actually makes this audacious claim which really angers the, uh, the religious elite of that day. He actually says, I am the good shepherd. Can you turn to John chapter 10? As I said, today is gonna be scripture heavy. You guys love scripture, right? I do too. John 10, verse one through six. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up by some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. 
And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they don't know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things that he was telling them. Verse 7. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Let me pause right here. Jesus is saying something pretty radical in this moment. He's just like what's hap- what happened in Ezekiel 34. He is giving an, an indictment against people who have tried to, to lead in the past uh, who were uh, self-seeking. He's saying that, that everyone who's come before me, you can put them in a different category. They're, I'm, I'm nothing like those guys. Okay, let's read on. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly or life to the full. I am the good shepherd. Now notice he didn't say, I'm a good shepherd. He's telegraphing something with this sentence. He's he's speaking to all the prophecies about the coming shepherd in this moment. And he's saying, the search is over. If you're looking, if you've been hoping, if you've been longing for the good shepherd prophesied, I have good news for you. It's me. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Let's read on. But a hireling who's not a shepherd, the one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he's a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I'm the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by them. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, to them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Isn't this beautiful? Therefore my Father loves me because I lay down my life for my sheep. Verse 18 No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. And let's skip down to verse 24. The Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you don't believe me. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness of me. But you don't believe because you're not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, that they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Isn't that great news? Verse 29. 
My Father who has given to them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. We could um, spend an entire year just unpacking the beauty of all of these different verses, but today I just want to major on um, the fact that Jesus is our good shepherd. We know his voice and no one can snatch us from his hand. Luke 12, 32 says, don't fear little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. First Peter 2, 25 says, you were all like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseers of your soul. And speaking of Peter, you know, when, when Peter lost his way and, and disowned the Lord, when he was restored, Jesus had certain words for him to recommission or to commission Peter back into the rightful place. And, uh, you know, Peter entered that, that garden, swinging his sword, chopping off ears. And, you know, he, he, he's kind of like a lot of us. We, we, like Peter, would say, you know, I'm, I'm willing to die for you, Lord, but what we're actually saying is I'm willing to kill for you, Lord. And Peter was delivered through the gentleness of the Lord, the kindness of the Lord. He was delivered of, of that spirit. And when Jesus found him again, Jesus commissioned him with the true heart of the shepherd. He said, I, I don't need people to kill for me, you know? He, he says, if you love me, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? You know I love you, Lord and feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? You know. <laughs> feed my sheep. And isn't it interesting that back in that prophecy from Ezekiel 34, there'd be one who separates the sheep and the goats. And then Jesus gives this beautiful parable in, in Matthew 25 when he's, he's talking about the sheep and the goats and he says, it's a, he commends the sheep and he, and he says things to them like, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you invited me in. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you looked after me. When I was in prison, you visited me. And the, the, those people were like, what are you talking about? Like, we've never seen you in that state. We've, we've, we didn't visit you in prison. We've never found you naked in need of being covered. And Jesus is saying to them, the least you've done unto these, or the least that you've done to my brothers and sisters, you've done unto me. And then he, he says the same thing. He uses the same imagery when he talks to the goats. And he says, when I was hungry, you didn't give me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me something to drink when I was a stranger. You didn't invite me in when I was naked. You didn't cover me when I was sick. You didn't look after me when I was in prison. You didn't visit me. And they're like, they had the same response. But when? When did we ever see you like that? And Jesus is saying, you've seen me like that every single day. The people that you've walked past, the ones that you judged instead of helped, the ones that were hungry and, and you were stingy, the ones that were thirsty. Maybe they, were, maybe they weren't literally thirsty for water, but maybe they were thirsty for friendship, 
thirsty for meaning, thirsty for a place to belong. Being a shepherd is not easy and it's not glamorous. You know, David started off as a shepherd and then one day he ended up ruling the nation. Jesus actually remains a shepherd as he rules. When you're a shepherd, you face predators, you face comparison with other professions, you face sheep that are going to bite. But when you're a shepherd after God's heart, then the one thing you look forward to more than anything is to see the smile and the voice of the greatest shepherd of all. See, Jesus, although he was God and deserved to be served, he came really lowly. He came really approachable. He actually deserved to have the nations immediately bow down and serve him with all their heart, but instead he came to serve us. And not just make us servants, but to make us friends. Although Jesus is mighty, he came really, really meek. I think maybe the verse that describes the way Jesus came best is in Philippians 2, verse 5. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name above all names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So guys, as, as we're heading into Advent season, which begins next Sunday, what I want us to do is prepare our, our hearts to be astonished again by the humility of this king, by the gentleness of this shepherd. I recently heard a description of the church, uh, a, a theologian called the church the, the fellowship of the astonished hearts. I want that to be us. As we're remembering how Christ came, how Christ served, how Christ died, and how Christ, Christ raised from the dead, I want us to delight and the fact that we get to be his sheep. Bah. We get the, the pleasure of having the greatest shepherd in the world lead us in the richest life we could possibly have. Either Jesus' words are true or he's a liar, but when we serve him, what that means is that we will have the most abundant life. Do you guys believe that with me? As we submit our hearts to the good shepherd, he is going to lead us to the richest pastures. He's going to restore our souls. He's going to lead us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And no matter what comes our way, the most terrifying moments of our lives, we are going to feel his closeness. <clears throat> I'd like to do ministry time. Can we have the keys? 
That'd be wonderful. Just play something real saucy. <laughs> Can I have the ministry team come up? I want to give um, time for healing, for the healing of our hearts this morning. I want us to be able to entrust again our hearts to the good shepherd. And so during ministry time, there's specific people that I wanna pray for. Here's who I feel like God wants to touch today. And if this is you, I, I strongly encourage you just to, to come down and for healing. I want to pray for people who have experienced the downside of what it's like to be self self-governed and people who want to ask the shepherd to lead them again. This morning, I also wanna pray for uh, anyone who's experienced bad shepherds, AKA uh, church leaders, and, uh, and you need healing to trust again. I think that that's probably most of us, but maybe right now you're feeling a tug from the Holy Spirit that there's a unhealed wound. We've all experienced uh, shepherds that meet the description of the beginning of Ezekiel 34, that were looking to their own interests. The good shepherd wants to heal that place in you. And I wanna, I wanna see the, the, the sick healed today. And so if, you, um, if you're struggling with pain or sickness and maybe you stood earlier and we, we prayed for you, but you're still experiencing pain, I want you to feel that you can come forward. And um, can we stand while we pray the Lord's Prayer together in closing? confident to pray this prayer together. You guys ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus, we thank you that you've revealed yourself to us as not just a good shepherd, but the good shepherd. And I pray that across this room, we would feel your closeness and that people would take this opportunity, anyone who feels that they need to take this opportunity to entrust their hearts to you again as good shepherd, I pray that we would in Jesus' name. Amen.